This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries and teaching pastor at Crossroads Community Church uh, in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And we are talking about, obviously, this is Holy Week, so we're talking about the resurrection. And I have to add this note out there. Uh, both Mark and I participate in a live stream done by Faith Pittsburgh. Um, used to be a magazine. Now they're a full-blown um, digital social uh, movement. And uh, uh, Mike Granovitz is the president of Face Pittsburgh. We were supposed to do a live stream with them tomorrow. Uh, and some of the questions or some of the focus was going to be around the resurrection. So Mike sent us a list of questions and everything to discuss during the live stream. But he had surgery. Pray for him. He's recovering. And um, uh, just still unable to talk. So we're not going to do it. So I was like, hey, Mike, can we use the questions that you had for Faith Pittsburgh uh, on this podcast that hopefully will be up by tomorrow, Good Friday, for Faith Responders? And um, truth be told, just so Mike knows, we were going to go ahead and use it anyway, even if he didn't respond. <laughs> but he just responded and said, yeah, uh, for Faith Responders podcast, go ahead, use the questions so that they're, they're, they're used somewhere. Um, so uh, all the basis of today's discussion uh, comes from questions that he generated uh, regarding the resurrection. And the first question was, um, can you deny the resurrection and still be a Christian? No. Yeah, no. Next question. <laughs> that's 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 like the 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 whole basis um uh for the early testament church um is they they weren't like hey, let's take all these Jewish laws and live them out. They were like, hey, this guy rose from the dead doesn't matter about, I mean, they left their whole cultures and everything uh, because of this. So to deny the resurrection, um, which is the basis of Christianity, uh, to me, it means you're not a Christian. I don't know what you are, and I'm not trying to knock anyone. I don't know what you are, but you cannot be a Christian if you deny. And, let, and this, his second question, I guess I'll add that, uh, is was the res resurrection was it a actual physical event or was it a spiritual thing like an analogy or something or whatever it, in my mind it would have to be an actual physical event um it doesn't say that jesus's spirit rose from the dead which it has but 
it is his body. When when they opened that tomb, when the tomb was opened, all that was left was the linens that he was wearing, that they buried him in, nothing else. And there's a lot of speculation about that that we can go into later, but it, it has to be that you believe in the resurrection, the actual body of Christ resurrected on Easter Sunday morning. Um, otherwise, we really don't have victory over death. Exactly. We have victory over <clears throat> literally nothing. Right. If he didn't rise from the dead, you know, uh, as Paul said, if we if he didn't rise from the dead, we're still dead in our sins. We don't right. have victory over sin and death, which are the two main triumphs um, that he 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 conquered over. Uh, and and then he asked the question: If you believe it was spiritual, is that supported by Scripture? Well, we believe it was physical. If you believe it was a bodily physical resurrection, is that supported by Scripture? Yes, in all four of the Gospels. Yeah, every single one. And I, I, I get a lot of people, and this is what I hear from a lot of people. Hey, there's no proof, you know, that the resurrection happened. And and here's what I like to tell people. Sorry, my phone is going off. <laughs> Anytime uh, you're looking at a historical event and you're trying to prove whether or not it happened, you have historical evidence archaeological evidence, forensic evidence. Um, you can't prove those things by what they call, you know, everyone asks for, give me scientific evidence. Well, you're not trying to prove it by scientific evidence. You're looking for historical information, which is, are there any uh, results of the resurrection? Are there any eyewitness accounts of the resurrection? Are there any other extra biblical historical information that coincides with the Bible? And there is, even though, the extracurricular biblical accounts don't say, hey, we believe this happened. They're extracurricular, um, extra biblical curricular accounts where people are recorded as saying, hey, there's a bunch of people that believed and are claiming that this man rose from the dead. So, yeah. I mean, he appeared to over 500 people after he rose from the dead. So, Either 500 people were hallucinating or it is an actual event, you know. Yeah. And here's the thing. Every historical event that none of us have lived through, uh, you know, go back to anything before 1900, let's say. Um, the only evidence we have is usually other eyewitness accounts documented. Someone said this happened. Someone said that happened. So you don't get to refute it just because it doesn't line up with your biblical belief. Uh, even though there's biblical and extra biblical outside of the Bible documentation that that provides it. Um, he had another question. What about all the theologians, <clears throat> and there are a lot, although I would not call them theologians, that are teaching that the resurrection is just an analogy. It's just it's it's not an actual historical physical event. I would say that well, number one, the further you get from the resurrection, I mean, we're 2,000 years past the resurrection. The further you get, the easier it is to 
dismantle something. Okay, so like you said, I, I believe a lot of these so-called theologians are trying to make the Bible something that they want it to be and not something that it is, which is true and unmovable. So I think a lot of these people are just falsely teaching. I mean, I don't know how else to say it, falsely teaching that there was no resurrection, that it's just a metaphor, that it's just a symbol. Um, they, they, they have to discard big portion, portions of the Bible yeah. <clears throat> to make those statements. For me, it takes more faith to do that than to have the faith that Christ rose from the dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you do that, and like you said, you have to discard huge portions of the Bible, then who gets to pick and choose which portions are true and which portions are not? Because, right. you know, huge portions refer back to and are based on the resurrection. So then if that part's not true, how can I trust any of it's true? Right. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, the, I, I get the fact that people don't like to talk about these events in church because they're bloody, they're gory. They talk about death. My little kid doesn't want to know about death. You know, I can see all that, but we are to teach the full counsel, the whole counsel of the Bible. That includes the dirty, messed up parts of the Bible as well. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me. So let me let me throw this out there because he um, and I'm trying to read and make sense of the documentation he sent. And then I want to go back to what we were talking about beforehand. He says 17 percent of the general population believe the Bible word for word which is kind of low, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. mine, mine I, too. I blame the pulpit. 31% um, of Christians believe the Bible word for word, which again, how, 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 how can you not? I mean, yeah. I, I blame the pulpit. He said that rises when you get to active Christians, those who go to religious service at least once a month, to 57% who believe the Bible word for word. And then he says, half of all people surveyed do not believe in the resurrection. 46% of people say they believe in some form of life after death, and 46 do not. So where, where, where has the church, what, what should the church be teaching about the resurrection? In my mind, that it happened. It is the foundation as you said, of Christianity. I mean, if the resurrection didn't happen, if Jesus didn't come out of that grave, if he did not defeat death and give us victory over death, then we are still serving a dead savior. We are no different than Muhammad, Buddha, the Hindu gods, or anybody else, because you can go to their graves. There's monuments there. We go to the empty tomb of our savior. And if that's what makes Christianity different, 
is because we have a living Savior who is alive, seated at the right hand of God, <coughs> controlling the angels around us. I mean, he's interceding for you and me. Without the resurrection, none of that happens. And uh, all of that's true. 150% agree. But, and we also have the ability, and this is why I don't understand why only a small percentage of Christians believe the Bible. Um, well, I understand, because again, I blame the pulpit. It's not being taught correctly. But we have the ability to ask the author. Exactly. We, I mean, we have the ability to, hey, I don't understand this portion of the Bible, God. We have the ability to ask the author. Um, my cousin texted me yesterday. And he asked me, she said, hey, um, when it comes to the resurrection, uh, I see two contradictions. Or she said, I see these two verses, and they seem to be contradicting one another. It's the verse, and I should have wrote it down, the verse in Luke, uh, where it says his last word, and then the verse in John. And one says, you know, that Jesus took the sip from the wine from the guards, and then... Um, gave up his last breath. And then another one says that Jesus said it is finished. So there's one that says, and I'm, man, how can I not uh, I remember it in my head? I just typed out this long, uh, let me look for a message for her on those verses. Um, it's from Luke uh, 26, where it says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said that, he breathed this last. Then in John 19.30, it says, he says it's finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And she says, are they both true? Are they confused? And there's verses like that and things like that, which are valid questions. Right. I mean, I, I, she sent this to me yesterday, and I spent this morning like 20 minutes typing out this long, detailed, you know, here's this perspective, here's this one, this perspective. It's not that they contradict each other. It's just that each is looking at, hey, this ended what Jesus was trying to accomplish. And, you know, John looked and said, this is what ended what Jesus was trying to accomplish. Um, but are both ver things like that, where people see these contradictions, do they lend to uh, people kind of like, this is why I can't trust the Bible? They could. I, I think that's a valid point. Um, if you're looking at it to find something, to to make the the bible invalid i think it's it, it's you know it could be argued however i would argue the fact that the gospels especially the gospels um were written by four individuals guided by the holy spirit to put in what it, what is there but also from their own perspective if you and i see a car crash i could say that, you know, did you see how he swerved to miss the cat in the road? And you could say, I didn't see him swerve at all. He just hit the tree. There's two different accounts. Same thing happened. But you saw something differently than I did. And that's what makes the Gospels and that's what makes the Bible so real is that it is it is not where, like I said last Sunday in our in my sermon, they didn't get into a room and come up with with um, 
you know, um, my mind just went blank. They didn't come up with with uh, ways of saying it together so that they can have viewpoints of the same thing. They they saw what they saw and they told about what they saw. You know, um, Peter, even when he was saying in, in his book, in his letters, he he explains what he saw and how God dealt with him. You know, Peter was one of those guys that the Bible says he was a big guy. He was a burly guy. He was he was a guy that always got in trouble because he talked first and didn't think about what he was saying. And, you know, could you imagine him when Jesus was talking to them around the table at the Last Supper? And he said, someone here is going to, um, you know, de deceive me and, and deny me. And Peter said, oh, no, not me, not me. And a little girl from the crowd says, I know you. You're the Galilean. No, I'm not the Galilean. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. Three times he did it, just like Jesus said he would. And to then watch him die and think, I never had a chance to say I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm the one that's I'm the one that's blamed to blame for him being up there because I could have stood up and said something. But it wasn't what God had planned. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I exactly. I'm I'm with all of that. And uh, when I was talking to my cousin, I I messaged her and I used the similar example to yours. Instead of a car crash, I said, imagine a politician giving this controversial speech. And then, you know, he ends with this rousing call for unity. Praise. And then leaves. And I said, one news station would report, hey, he ended his speech with this rousing call for unity. Another news station would report he ended his speech with this prayer that brought America to tears. Yeah. And neither one is wrong. Neither one is contradicting the other. Um, a contradiction would be, you know, uh, you know, someone saying he gave a speech at 9 p.m. and someone else saying he gave a speech at 9 a.m. Right. Those contradict each other. Those two can't be true. Um, but this is all about perspective. And I explained to her that, you know, God's perspective was to show, I mean, he starts out, Jesus is God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's looking at it from one perspective, whereas Luke his perspective is to show, you know, this is Jesus, the Messiah, who's going to die for the sins of humanity. And they're each finishing with what this ends my account right. of, of, of the story. So, um, and, and remember, Luke is more detailed. Way than more, yeah. John, because Luke was a doctor. Doctors tend to be more, more detailed in everything they do. So, yeah. And uh, I think, um, shameless plug but in my book act like an e-christian i talked about the fact that luke included all kind of details without without google maps without facebook without google search or the internet or anything all kind of details that literally would have taken years to compile absolutely yeah. information that he would have had to go and talk to people 
you know, think of old school reporters with a notebook who had to go talk to people and then write down all this information and then go back and compile it. He didn't, he couldn't yeah. sit at a laptop and say, where did this take place? Where did this take place? What's the name of this city? Where was this group seen? I'll, I'll check his Instagram and see, oh, they must've been in this city. Yeah. No, he had to go and compile all of that information. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, the resurrection again, um, Here's one thing, and I want to get your take on it. I know we haven't talked about this. Here's one of the things why some people uh, have a hard time. <laughs> I just got a message back from Mike saying, yeah, we could use it for faith responders. Well, he already said that, but then he said, I would say it's going to cost you a pizza, but I can't eat it right now because of the surgery. <laughs> you had on his mouth. So, um, yeah, that's funny. So, uh, and I forgot what I was going to say, but here's one of the things. So I, what would you recommend as resources for people to read people who are having a difficult time um, kind of trusting that the Bible is true, that the resurrection really happened, uh, that kind of stuff. One of the books that I have found and I don't have it anymore because I gave all my copies. I used to have many copies of it is the case for Christ. Yeah. Um, that is something that is really, I uh, can't think of the author's name right now. Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's a, a, a really good book, um, especially for new Christians to look at and, and do it. Um, there's nothing better than going to the book of John and reading that account. Um, it's a very good, good account. Um, and I would say uh, there's other books out there and other articles. Um, there's a, a website that's called um, Got Questions um, that is uh, really good about explaining some of these things. Um, talk to your pastor. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a very good start. Um, probably the first start, but I would say pray. I mean, I, I know that's the preacher thing to say, but pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you when you read these scriptures or when you read these books or when you talk to your pastor or whatever it is, ask, ask God to send us to, to have his Holy Spirit. If you're a Christ follower, have your Holy Spirit talk, you know, explain these things to you, point them out, enlighten you yeah. and, and what's, what's, what it is. And I, I will add that there is absolutely nothing wrong with asking questions. No. Um, what you don't want to do is let your questions turn to anger, doubt, and frustration. Um, and not everyone's going to be able to answer all the questions. I wasn't the first person that my, my cousin went to. Um, and she may go to people after me because she may think, well, that's, doesn't quite answer what I wanted to know, but it does add some information. Yeah. Um, there's a booklet. So Lee Strobel was an atheist, right? Right. Yeah. He was an atheist. Reporter. Uh, a reporter. And so I think the story goes, his wife was a Christian and mm -hmm. he set out to show her why she shouldn't believe, you know, use his journalistic resources to research and show, Hey, see your faith is grounded on nothing. 
and ended up finding so much evidence, overwhelming evidence for Christianity. And he has a couple of books out. One of them is a little booklet called The Case for Easter, which specifically lists. I forgot about that one. Information just for the resurrection, evidence for the resurrection. One of my favorite books, but it's it's a little snarky. Uh, it, it, it's called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. <clears throat> Although it is so uh, um, full of information, the authors, whose names escape me right now, I'll look it up in a minute, they come across as a little snarky to atheists. So I can't fully recommend it to atheists <laughs> because they'll easily get offended and be like, no, I don't want to. But if you're a Christian who's looking for information, uh, uh, same same uh, type of information that you would find in the least trouble books, here's scientific, historical, whatever. And they start with creation. Uh, they, they answer about, you know, um, evolution. They talk about uh the resurrection, they talk about the Bible and they talk about, you know, all of that stuff as evidence for, you know, why we believe. And then they kind of point out and say, here's, here's why I don't have enough faith to be an atheist because it takes more faith. And one example is to believe that, uh, although there's, as, as you said earlier, not only just 500 people who say we saw this, there are people outside the Bible who say, yeah, all these people claim it. So I don't have enough faith to be an atheist and say, nope, Jesus didn't exist or this didn't happen because I have to deny all of this evidence. So that's another resource that's definitely good for people to use. And um, yeah, that's all the information I have. Any other thoughts on the resurrection or information? Um, Norman Geisler. There you go, Norman Geisler and, and Frank Frank Turek. They're the yeah, two. yeah. those are the two. Yeah, um, and he he has some good books on it too. Um, another website you could go to is um, Answers in Genesis. Um, is another very good website that has a lot of information if you're seeking to know the truth about the Bible and what you know what we believe, um, not just about the resurrection, but like. Like we have said from the beginning, the resurrection is the foundation, basically, of Christianity. Um, and, you know, I've often told people, if you can't believe the first word in the Bible, then you might as well throw the Bible away. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, if you can't believe every word in the Bible, right. you might as well throw it away. I mean, but, every but, single... You know, it has to be. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, you know, the, you look at you look at the resurrection and you look at the old Testament and I'm, I'm drawing a blank of it. It's probably in Isaiah, but it, it talks about the resurrection. It talks about Christ coming out of the grave, you know? And, and so the old Testament just confirms everything that Christ did on the cross, yeah. you know? So, um, it, it, and again, it, it's the pulpit's, pulpit's fault for not presenting that in a way that one is understandable, but two that excites us about the resurrection. Yeah. So this being, I mean, by the time this goes up, it'll be Good Friday. Um, but this being Holy Week, 
um, I feel like this should be, this is like, you know, your birthday, your graduation, your marriage, first car, first home, all, all of that rolled into one. And we should be yelling from the rooftops, telling people about it. Hey, this is why I'm so excited, not just to go to the Sunday celebration. Right. This is why I'm so excited because this week validates, reminds me not only that he rose from the dead, but that he's coming back. Because that's that's right. just, that's not the end of the story. He rose from the dead. That's that's right. just a part of it. So yeah. Uh, and 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 the thing is, we're closer to him coming back than we've ever been before. Because yeah. we're a year into it now, you know, we're a year longer than what it's been. So we we are closer to him coming back, and that should get us more excited and more um, thrilled and joyful than anything. Because we know there is there is light at the end of the tunnel, literally light okay. at the end of the tunnel. That we the stuff that we're going through here on Earth, the 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 pandemic and the the job situation and, you know, all of the other things, those are minor compared to what we will get when we get to eternity. Yeah. You know. And all of that made possible by the death, burial, and resurrection, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Which it also loses me because that's the heart of the gospel. Exactly. So how are pastors equipping their people to share the gospel if they're not talking about the resurrection because that i mean that's the heart of the gospel you know yeah. like paul said hey that uh and was it first corinthians i think 15 that 15 yeah that that jesus died as like you said as the scriptures foretold uh, was buried and rose from the dead as the scriptures foretold he says this is the gospel so how how are people being equipped to share the gospel? Yeah, and then he goes on. Revelation. He goes on to say, in verse seventeen of chapter uh, fifteen of First Corinthians, if Christ has not been raised, has if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and powerless. It it, it just isn't there, and are still you are still in your sins, and under the control and penalty of sin yeah so that that 31 percent of of people that don't I mean, believe that the bible is, i mean yeah you're 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 nothing you're just you're just another you know person who's who's a groupie of of some non-existent thing if the resurrection didn't happen yeah and, and that's that just it, it to me, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I just can't wrap my head around it at all. I, either. I cannot either. All right. I feel like this will be the shortest podcast we ever did. Probably. <laughs> but because it's the it's the simplest one and it's the foundation. It's like, you know, the foundation of, of, of the faith. I, I don't know yeah. any other way to say it. I had a conversation with a woman on TikTok who was like, uh, yeah, but... Um, our faith isn't sure. Our, our, our faith is not in what we know 100%. And I was like, read the Bible. Our faith is based on a foundation that we do believe uh, and yeah. that we know to be true. And right. that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not like we just hope that he rose from the dead. No, we're yeah. putting our faith in him because we know we are assured that he did. So yeah. 
And, and I mean, if you go through this week in the Bible, um, Sunday he enters into the into Jerusalem um, as king, as Messiah. Monday he goes to the temple early in the morning as king and Messiah, and he upturns the tables and he gets in he the only place in the bible that it shows christ angry and righteously angry um and then tuesday is cursing the fig tree and saying you know it is not gonna bear fruit wednesday there's not too much going on thursday he has the last supper what we know is the last supper with his disciples, with his friends, preparing them for the worst day of their life and the worst day of his earthly life, Good Friday. Then the beating and the, the torment, the mocking, the, 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 um, the, the rejection of what he thought was one of his closest friends, which he knew <laughs> beforehand. Um, and then the death, the horrible death on the cross. Saturday, we don't have much going on other than the disciples hidden and, and cowered behind closed doors because they were afraid they were coming after them too. And then you have Sunday when the women get up to go prepare his body for embalming, they didn't believe he was going to be risen. And they get there and they see the empty grave and they see that he's not there. It goes from joy to all kinds of emotions, then back to joy. So we have something that we can be excited about, people. It's not something that Muhammad, like I said earlier, he's still in the grave. Buddha is still in the grave. Confucius is still in the grave. But Jesus is risen. And uh, before we um, started the podcast, Mark and I were each sharing just what a horrible week <laughs> we've been having so far just so many things going wrong and then we were both like but our weeks do not come close to comparing to the week that jesus had yeah to the way that his week ended to as you said the uh betrayal to the just just the horrific painful um physical pain and then the 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 spiritual pain of bearing the sins of humanity and paying the penalty for them um, and the thing that we have to remember is he did that for us. Yeah. Um, he chose to do that for us. And that's worth celebrating and telling other people about. Yeah. And I think it's important too to recognize he knew Peter was going to be extra sorrowful and hurting the most out of all the disciples because he actually denied him while he was being punished and things. And he told the women, go tell my disciples and tell Peter. 
he pointed Peter out, which tells me that no matter how bad things get for me, no matter how bad I turn my back on God, he's still willing to look at me personally and say, tell Mark that I've risen. Tell whoever. So if you're listening to this podcast and you've never given your life to Jesus, this is the perfect time to do that. And if you have given your life to Jesus, definitely go out and tell someone, tell the the Peters in your life, tell the, uh, the disciples in your life that he is risen indeed. Amen. So I'm going to ask Mark to pray and then we'll be done. Like I said, this is a, the shortest podcast we've ever done, but it's, it's, it's the simplest and most basic uh, historically uh, archeologically documented that Jesus rose from the dead. And I, I would say the most important one we have ever done. So Amen. let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. And that while I was still a sinner, he came and he died for me. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I I thank you that we have a time to celebrate what you did for us by not just coming and dying, but for raising and, and, and coming out of the grave, defeating death and, and giving us life eternal through you it's a gift that you've given us we can't earn it we can't uh, try to make our way into heaven talk our way into heaven it has to come through your blood that you shed on the cross for us and we thank you for that we ask that you give us a good easter celebration wherever we may be celebrating that your presence will fill wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.